People podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Herrera. I'm Lala. And I'm Elisa. And today we are reading the ABC murders. Uh, but before I even begin uh, any of that, I just, we have some unfinished business from our last episode that I wanted to get to. Anthony, um, Anthony, can I interrupt you? Yes. We're three friends. Four. Oh. Four friends. Okay, we are four friends. <laughs> Uh, we've been friends since high school. We're now in our mid-30s, and we're trying things out for the first time. And every time I say that, it gets clunkier and clunkier. It's It and doesn't ever get... It gets later and later in the episode when we get to it. Yes, and it gets... And it's just... Uh, it's, does, it's not a concept. <laughs> Again, I keep bringing up how it's not a concept. I love how every episode basically seems like the failed pilot of another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, every episode is just like... We okay. Food didn't work out, so let's try books. Okay, books are definitely not going to work out. That's not our thing. Yeah, so let's try movies. Well, the movie po- we, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, it's the the podcast world is oversaturated with movies. Yeah, so. everything. It's yeah. it's oversaturated with everything. Yeah, but this this does not need to exist. But please, I've gotten so many letters about our last episode. There's something we forgot to mention. I have to get it out now. Yahtzee was invented by Edwin S. Lowe in 1956. You got a letter about it? No. I was just trying to big us up. (laughs) I was trying to make it seem like people are actually engaged with what we're doing, and they're not. Nobody cares. (laughs) Oh, God. Thank you. I'm glad we just started it. Why are we talking people out of listening to our podcast so early? Are we doing that? Kinda. I don't think so. We do need to mention, though, that we did play it wrong. Oh, yeah. We played it so wrong. Did we? Well, let's not get into how that is. Okay. We just... With the rules that we were playing, though, I still won. Yeah. So, that's the important thing. Let's stop talking about the Yahtzee podcast because that was such a train wreck. It was. And you're already getting mad, Elisa, about no, that whole thing. I'm thinking. It's my thinking phase. Okay. Um, but anyway, as I mentioned, we're trying things out for the first time. And this, uh, for the first time this week, we are reading The ABC Murders by Agatha Christie. Although that's technically not true because um, you guys haven't uh, gotten to where we agreed to read this yet. I mean, I, I read it, part of it, <laughs> but we agreed to stop at a certain point to read the rest for the second half. But And I know I didn't read enough, but my plan was to keep it fresh in my head and spend the day before reading it. Okay. And then... And life just took over. Yeah. And that didn't happen. I got to twenty four. I the cutoff point. I basically this is how this is how I pitched the idea. We were gonna pick a murder mystery. Um, we were gonna read it up to the point before they reveal who the killer is. Take because how it works is we talk about something, then we take a break, then we do the thing, and then come back afterwards and talk about doing the thing. But that wasn't gonna work for a book because books take a long time to read. But we were gonna stop before they revealed the killer. Read the rest of it. Come back. Talk about the ending of the book. Though I have to say, this I, was the wrong book for that. Yeah, I singularly. This is how bad I am at life. My only ch- job, my only job, was to find an Agatha Christie murder mystery where they reveal the killer at the end, and we would stop reading before that. As and they I, usually do. And I picked the book 
where they reveal the killer in the second chapter. <laughs> chapter but, two, they reveal who the killer is. But uh huh, I'm so terrible at reading that I didn't realize <laughs> that this person even exists. And I thought they just came in on uh, chapter 22 or something. Now, let's... There was a day in your classroom where you were talking about superpowers. Not a classroom. Oh, not a classroom. No. You were just talking to random teenagers (laughs) somewhere, and the idea of superpowers came up, and what did you say you wish your superpower was? Um, Well, they were, like, asking me, and it's a big question. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't just ask a question and expect an immediate answer. So I was just like, I don't know. Let me think about it. And so I think maybe, like, 30 minutes went by. And uh, they were like, did you forget? And I was like, no, I'm still thinking about it, but I think I got it. And I was like, I would like the superpower of um, reading really quickly and comprehending it. (laughs) Now, you're just talking about reading. Like, (laughs) you're just talking about you wish you had the power to read. No, but read quickly, like really fast, and comprehend it just as quickly. Okay. Yeah, because like if you think about it, if you could just read a book and then you could do something. I don't think that's how it works either, Yeah, like I'll read a book, I'll understand how to make a plane, I'll make it. (laughs) That's not how... It will. Okay, so you're talking about about total comprehension. Yeah. Okay. You like just understand everything. Okay. First run through. First read through. Yeah. Now, how fast are we talking about reading? Like uh, Johnny Five Alive Like Johnny Five that fast. Yeah. So basically, Johnny Five's power is what you're talking about. Well, he's a robot. He doesn't have any powers. What do you mean? He doesn't have any powers. (laughs) Of course he has. Robots have powers? That's what is. You can read fast and then do the thing he just read. No, he was built that way. That's not a power. That is. We're not going to get into a discussion about what a power and innate <laughs> ability is. He could technically do what he just read. He couldn't effectively do what he just read. I mean, read. if anything, his power was that he had emotions. Okay. Because he wasn't built that way. That's true. So you say, before we move on, you're <laughs> saying... Emotional a, intelligence was his power. Yeah, his you're saying power. a power is something that is not innate to you. Yeah. That's something you get. Yeah. So, like, God doesn't have powers. He's just God. What? What I'm saying is God is all-powerful, but he doesn't have powers because they're all innate to him. Yeah, that's his job. Okay. <laughs> so if it's not your job, it's a power. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, yeah, you weren't built that way. Nobody who built, built God. God? <laughs> we don't know who built we God. We don't. We know who built God. It was man. It was the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> oh, God. The God based off of that. <laughs> Jesus. I don't even want to think about that. Um, okay, so we're reading the ABC Murders by Agatha Christie. How, from what you read, how have you been enjoying this book? It's easy to read, but I haven't comprehended it well. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Like, okay, so the first thing, I kind of mentioned this earlier, is I didn't understand how to say his name, and apparently I still don't know how. Now, Poirot. How did, how did you say it? Uh, Poirot is what I heard. I had to Google it, and they and some lady on YouTube told me how to say it, but y'all are saying Poirot. 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 And that's Poirot. a stupid name. Don't make a book with a stupid name, because I just kept on stumbling over it. Well, you know, I, I there was a time about when I was in Maryland, and they released the Poirot TV show on yes. Netflix, and I just binged the whole thing, like, in, like, and that's three how weeks. I, yeah, that's how I've, I learned how to say his name from watching movies and television. Yeah. And they never say Poirot. Well, because, let me show you. I found it. Okay. 16 seconds. Okay, it's loading. Tap it's to loading. <laughs> oh, this is great podcasting. Um, okay. Is it going to play? 
Pyro. I don't think that's what she's saying. She's saying. Pyro. Oh, you're right. It's saying Pyro. That's a robot pronouncing his name. Well, yeah. And the robot does not understand how the French language works, it, it seems. Yeah. Well, because the French language is all filled with invisible uh, uh, vowels. I have yeah. a terrible time trying to say his whole name. As you saw. Well, now that we're bringing up like pronunciations, mm-hmm. um, when I started reading the Harry Potter books, yes, there's the word in there that comes up a lot. Q-U-E... U E Q Q Yes. <laughs> okay. And what would you say in your head? Q E U E Q E U E Q E U E Q E U E. And I knew it was Q because it just made more sense. You, but you went. You really went Hawaiian with that. Q E U E. It's just like why is it spelled that way? It's so stupid. Yeah, that's it, that's always a problem. Somebody messed up, and they were like, "Well, well it's just so how you do it." So many people didn't know how to say Hermione when those books first came out. Yeah, I thought that was Hermione. Hermione. See. Yeah. See. Which sounds like a a pasta. <laughs> Hermione with regatta. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> But this brings up an interesting point because, um, not interesting, it's just a fact about me. I actually am not a very good reader. Mm. I have uh, a problem with, um, while I read, and it was, it was at its worst in 2008, which is, um, during 2008, I couldn't read any books um, because I got this, I have this thing, I still have it to a small degree now, where unless I read a sentence perfectly, Either in my head or usually out loud, I can't move on from the sentence. So, like, if I'm reading this, like, um, like here, I'm just going to read my notes. So it's just like, both Hastings and Poirot are vain men bummed out about getting older. So if I get one of those words wrong by when saying it out loud, like if I just said both Hastings and Poirot are vain men bummed out, or whatever, if I make even a little mistake... I have to keep reading it over and over again. And if I make one mistake the first time, I'm going to make several mistakes each time. So I have to read sentences over and over again. Hmm. Yeah. And it it got its worst in 2008. I actually (laughs) blogged about this on my MySpace page back in 2008, (laughs) talking about how I was having this problem reading this book. And it was frustrating. Like, I was working at a day's end. I was overnight. I would bring a book to read. And like what I just said, Brooke right there, Yeah. you know how I make those mistakes all the time when I'm talking, I make them constantly. Yeah. I do it when I'm reading and that's the only time it matters to me. When I make those mistakes, when I'm reading, I just start going, God damn it. And it just gets more frustrating. Yeah. More frustrating and frustrating. Like to the point where I was like, I would scream and I needed to, and I tried to go to find my MySpace page to find the blog (laughs) post I wrote. My MySpace page is gone. What happened to it? I don't know. I mean, I haven't logged onto it since about 2010. So do they delete them? I guess they just die eventually. Well, uh, somebody else, Justin Timberlake, bought it, and then now I think somebody else owns it. And Justin Timberlake owns my blog posts. Uh, well, he bought the whole like domain and like ah, the platform. That was a bad decision to make it like <laughs> like the whole point of it was that they were going to make it like the music That's platform right. where all the music people were, mm-hmm. and then like it sort of became that, and then I don't know what happened to it after that. Hmm. Well, the blog post is gone, but I just wanted to bring that up because. I don't I don't read as much as I should, and that's one of the reasons why is because and it's weird because there was a comedian named Tony Law. He's a Canadian comedian, he lives in England, 
And he just one day on Twitter, he just basically posted that he has the exact same problem. And I'm all like, does anybody else have this problem? It's like, yes, Tony, I have this problem. In 2008, I couldn't read any books. And he's like, does anyone else have this problem? And he's got a much bigger audience than I do on Twitter, obviously. And nobody else had that problem. I was the only person just, just like, yeah, we just suck at reading, Tony. I have a problem, like, because um, I don't read very well either. And I repeat the sentences, but I think it's just because I... I not I don't care about the book. <laughs> and so my mind goes somewhere else and I have to go, oh well what did I what did I start off with? And I have to read that sentence over and over. Like yesterday we had to read instructions and the first one was read all the instructions and there's like eight things or yeah. something. And I kept on reading that line over and over again <laughs> because I was just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The when the checkpoint and then like I got to the end and I was just like, all right. Yeah. This is, and this it. is why which starts your whole thing about have Lala read the instructions. Yeah. I'm assuming, Lala, you don't have any troubles reading anything. Um, actually, I do have problems with books, like, over the past four years. Like, there was a point in my life where I was, like, reading, like, two or three books a week. Okay. And, um, well, obviously, I was unemployed. <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Uh, you know, I was into reading and I read a lot and I went to the library at least like two or three times a week. Okay. Uh, now I go like once every other month or something. Okay. But, uh, my problem with books lately is that, and it's not just books, it's TV shows anything long form. Okay. Uh, I get three quarters of the way through it and then I'm just like, I don't care. I'm done. <laughs> just don't care. I just, just don't finish just it. Lose interest. I lose interest. Like, and it's the same with the TV shows. Like, mm -hmm. Crashing, the TV show on okay. HBO. We saw the first season, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I was just like, okay, yeah. And then I saw the first episode of the season. I was like, whatever. And then the second, I was just like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. And I haven't been watching it. It's like how I read the first six Harry Potter books, and then I was like, I don't care how this ends. I didn't. I didn't. Finish it either. Yeah, I was just like, I have no interest in finding out what happens to any of these people. I didn't even see the last movie. I was done. I finally saw the movies because I went with. I had a friend who was very depressed, so I went to the movies with him. But uh, yeah, I didn't care about that. I read the first three Twilight books. I didn't read those. I didn't read those at all. They're not good. Uh, I just remember reading a review from a blogger I used to follow mm -hmm. back in like 2008. Okay. And she described them as troglodytic, and I was just like... <laughs> uh. I, if they were actually troglodytic, I think I would enjoy them more. It was, it was <laughs> really just like... I don't know what that like, word means. It's like a caveman, caveman shit. yeah. If it was like a caveman riding, kill, 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 fuck, kill, kill, then yeah, I'll read that. Yeah, but uh, I was just like, she read these books, and she used that word. Yeah. I don't want to read it. No. Um. <laughs> it wasn't that I thought, oh, it must be a caveman book. It's just... Yeah. But I, as opposed to both Harry Potter and uh, the Twilight books, I think Agatha Christie is actually a very good writer. She is a good writer. She's a, yeah. I would say for what she's doing, she's a fucking amazing, like, great writer. I mean, she, she churned out 66 mystery novels over the course of her life, which is incredible. I mean, to give you an, like, I'll just give the facts here. I mean, she, her, she is, like, in the English language alone... A billion of her books are in print. They've printed over a billion of her books in the English language and another billion um, in other languages. She, like, is she she's, alive? No, no, she died in the 70s. Um, and she's like, she is the most published author there is. Like, really? she's, no one else has written, has been published more than she has. The only things that outpace her, of course, the Bible and the complete works of Shakespeare. And multiple people wrote those 
Well, not no. Shakespeare. <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> well, are actually, you, are you a Shakespeare truther? <laughs> yeah. You're, what is that? The, the whole thing about like how Shakespeare was like a pen name for a group of writers. Oh, I never heard that. So no, I'm not. A, what is it? A Shakespeare tru- truther. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know anything about that. Oh, speaking of spoilers, there's going to be a lot of spoilers coming up, particularly oh, yeah. for the ABC murders. Yeah. Uh, which I think we should get into because you guys haven't actually read this book. Well, okay. Well, I do want to say th- something about. Female writers. Okay. Uh, I, I t- want to say something too. Okay. Do. Okay. <laughs> Do you just want to say something but have nothing to say? Is that what happened? No, I just wanted to say when you mentioned Agatha Christie and all of her accomplishments, I got really excited because she's a lady. Oh yeah. Well, no, that's great. Yeah, uh, but I want to say something about the way women writers write. They have like a more natural approach to the way language works. Okay. And like, so that, what do you mean by that? Well, not that necessarily that they're easier to read, but in a way they are. And Are you like, saying male writers are more stylized as far as dialogue goes? No, no, not more stylized. Okay. I would say they complicate it. Mm. They're, they're trying too hard a lot. You're saying they're trying to impress you with their dialogue more. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like, if you read... Uh, Michael Chabon book compared to like uh, I want to come up with like a modern equivalent, but I can't really think of one right now. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say uh, Shirley Jackson. Okay. He just keeps like throwing out like people don't sound the way they do mm-hmm. in real life. Right. Like yeah. they they use words that you know it's just like oh I'm gonna use my Harvard or Yale yeah, education exactly. to He's impress out to you. Impress, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, like, so that's why, like, my female writers, like... My female writers! My harem of female writers! Come to me, ladies! I misspoke. (laughs) Like, my, I was gonna say, my favorite writers usually tend to be female. Okay. Uh, so it's, you know, like, Shirley Jackson, uh... Agatha Christie was good, but this is honestly the first book that I've read from her. Mm. But, uh, Flannery O'Connor. Okay. And, uh, Lowry. Lois Lowry. So, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's very she's very impressive. She you knows she uh, got into writing on a dare. Her oh, sister just Christie? dared her to write a book, and she did. It was rejected by six publishers. Finally, taken in by another one, became the biggest writer in the world. Wow. So we should start daring each other to do more things because we could become millionaires. <laughs> she was so rich. Oh my god! But actually, let's get into this book. Okay. I'm going to... Lala, actually, read the back of your book. Okay. So people know what's going on. And And we should let you know that at this point, from now on, the people we are copying most, because we usually just plagiarize other podcasts, is Teen Creeps Pod. If you haven't listened to that, listen to Teen Creeps Pod. They're amazing. Because that's who we're we're basically ripping off from this point on. I have no idea what you're talking about. They're really good. We should listen. Which which episode was the one where they started discussing the tampons? Uh, I don't know. I don't... I I actually didn't listen to that episode. I skip around on that one, but... No, because that episode is so disgusting and so awesome. All right. <laughs> and that's the one I recommend. That's our recommendation. <laughs> There's just put in Teen Creeps Tampon. The episode should come up. No, and, it won't come up because oh, they talk about tampons randomly okay. in the middle of something. And I, anyway, try, read the back of the yeah, book. Yeah, I'll try to remember the episode <laughs> later. I'll look it up. Okay. Anyway. So, the ABC murders. The first letter warned Hercule Poirot. Sorry. See, <laughs> yes. I told you Poirot. I have an issue with Hercule Poirot. I think you know, it's Hercules. No. No. Hercule. It's French for Hercules. Yeah. Shit. You guys. <laughs> so you were, the whole time you were reading it, you would say in your mind, Hercules Poirot. 
Poirot. Poirot. Because I Googled Poirot. Okay, I'm just going to say Poirot. Okay. Well, that's the, the way you apparently say it. Well, no, I'm just going to say his first name because <laughs> that throws me the fuck off. It's Hercules. <laughs> the first letter warned Poirot Hercules. where the killer would strike. Andover, it said, on the 21st. But Poirot was too late to save old Miss Asher from death. When the second murder came, oh, sorry, second letter, it... I assumed murder because it's like blanked out on my book. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a super old copy. I'm sorry. <laughs> we are not as good at steam creeps at <laughs> no, this. No, we're not. Right off the bat. Poirot moved fast, but again, he was too late. This time, the victim was a good-looking waitress named Bella, Betty... Yeah, I'm not... I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, <laughs> I'll read it. the back of my copy. No. The first letter warned Hercule Poirot... <laughs> Stop. <laughs> the Stop right there. ...would strike. Andover, it said on the 21st, but Poirot was too late to save old Mrs. Asher from death. When the second letter came, Poirot moved fast, but again, he was too late. This time, the victim was a good-looking waitress named Betty Barnard. And she found dead on the beach, strangled with her own belt. Each letter was signed A, B, C. Each victim was found with an A, B, C, row, row timetable under their body. There was a little boy row to go on. For the first time in his career, the master sleuth was powerless against a maniacal, maniacal, maniacal. Let me try. Maniacal. <laughs> so you managed to get halfway through this. I'm like at the third Okay, level. for the first time in his career, the master sleuth was powerless against a maniacal killer who was running circles around the police of an entire nation. I don't think it's maniacal. Um, it is maniacal. Maniacal. It is maniacal. It is maniacal. We. Well. Let's not do books in the future. <laughs> so basically. I think I lose interest because I'm just dumb at this point in my life. Yeah. I'm good. You forgot. <laughs> We have forgotten how to read. <laughs> yes, clearly. So I'm going to go. That was a, basically what goes on in this. Basically, Poirot gets a letter from a killer who identifies himself as ABC saying he's going to kill somebody in Anover. Then we're introduced to a character in the second chapter named Alexander Bonaparte Cust. ABC, he's our killer. I realized then I fucked up by picking this book because then, oh, they just told us who the killer is. How do you know he's the killer? Uh, he checks he, a name off a list. He checks a name off a list, and he explicitly kills somebody uh, later in the book. Oh, I haven't gotten to that does part. Does Poirot yeah. know who he is? He does not know who he is at this point. Mm. Basically, and so a murder does indeed happen in Anover. An old woman named Miss Asher has her brain, brain, brains beaten in. It's uh, Anover? Uh, no, Andover is the name of the town. Oh. Asher well, is the name of the woman who dies. No, you said Andover, and I thought it was like one of those stupid British words. That... No, it's Andover. I'm sorry. Again, <laughs> see how I mispronounce things? Uh, and it only matters to me when I'm reading. She dies. Nobody really cares. So he gets another, but we meet her um, niece named Mary Drower, who's really sad. Nobody really learns anything. Poirot gets a second letter. It tells him it's going to happen at a place called Bexhill-on-Sea. A young woman named Betty Barnard is murdered. She is strangled uh, with a uh, piece of, um, with like a scarf or something scarf. like that. They call it a belt and it upset me. <laughs> okay. Um, she's, uh, and her death uh, sparks more interest because she's a beautiful young woman. So her death is inherently more interesting. Uh, Poirot starts working with the police. They're all like, well, obviously we have this maniac. He's killing people, leaving the ABC Railroad Guides as his signature. 
Uh, but it's still not really national news because there's nothing really connecting the two murders. On, and that's where we meet Megan Barnard, the sister of the victim, you Betty know, Barnard. Okay, you're just explaining it right. Yeah, I'm just explaining everything right now. Oh. So people know what the what's going on. And then uh, Betty's uh, Betty Barnard, the victim's uh, boyfriend, uh, Donald Fraser. Now... Betty uh, was a bit of a floozy. She would step out on Donald Fraser. She would go, uh, her whole deal was, well, I'm going to marry Donald, but right now i got to have some fun. So Donald would always freak out. Megan, Betty's sister, didn't have a very high opinion of her sister. Sorry she's dead, uh, but she's very plain spoken. So this leads to a third letter telling uh, them that the next uh, victim is going to be, uh, where was that one? Clark. Yeah, Sir Carmichael Clark, I forget. Oh, it's in a place called Churston. Uh, an old, uh, retired rich man. He's murdered. I think he his brains... He likes to collect China. He does like to collect China. His From brain, China. His brains are beaten in. Uh, it becomes national news at this point because they reveal that there is a murderer uh, around. And basically the cops don't know what to do. Poirot has the idea to gather the family of all of the victims and... Sir Carmichael Clark's brother decides to become a crime-fighting league with all of these people. They're going to get together. They're going to catch this guy because they're all very much interested. The next murder is going to happen in Doncaster. They said, we're going to go to Doncaster. We're going to stop this guy. They absolutely fail to stop the killer. Cust murders a man in a movie theater. Um, he murders the wrong man. Instead of killing someone whose name starts with a D, he kills somebody who starts with an E. Poirot and all the people put together a profile on the guy. They figure out he's a stocking salesman who was at every other place uh, selling stockings. They tighten the rope on him, and eventually Cust is arrested. But Poirot, at the point where I cut off, which was after the end of Chapter 32, believes there is more to the story and more to Cust than what's going on. So basically, at this point, Christie has set up the notion that... Cust either is not the murderer or isn't the only murderer. Or maybe he's a hired gun. Maybe. Well. So what are you, what's going on? So Lisa? when I was just like, I know who the murderer is. I didn't know they already yeah. mentioned them. I always thought it was the sister. I was just like, oh, this bitch did it. Uh, Megan Barnard. Yeah. Yeah. She did it. Because she's very, she's very outspoken. She's very mean, not mean person. She's just brassy. Yeah, it's like she didn't even have emotions about her sister dying. That's weird. That is weird. But then we also have Thora Gray, who was the uh, secretary to Sir Carmichael Clark. Yeah, but I think that's just like a... Red herring? What do you call that? What is that? Red herring. It's where they make somebody such an obvious suspect that it can't possibly be them. Yes. Okay. She is that bird. <laughs> that's a fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. When you said bird, I just assumed you were using British term bird. Yeah, no, I knew she, that's not what she meant. I knew she just thought a herring was a, was a bird. Isn't it a bird? No, it's a fish. No. So, yeah, I've, I've caught you up. I've caught, ev I've caught okay. these two up because they haven't read as far as I, read I have. I pretty far. You did read pretty far. I got to where uh, they knew it was the stocking guy. Okay. I just needed like 50 more pages. Okay. I'm going to give you my theory about what I think is going on, and this is based almost entirely... Because here's the other thing about Agatha Christie. Her solutions never make any sense. They actually don't make sense when you look at them. It's all based... It's literally her thought process is, what is the last thing you would expect to happen? 
And I think that's how she works out her her things. She works out the ending and then she works out backwards from that. So you think it's the orphan girl? No, I think it's... Because here's how I'm thinking. How she set it up is she's gathered all these characters together to fight a crime fighting... To form a crime fighting league. So what obviously would be the least last thing you would expect... Is they're all involved. They're all the murderers. So, because... The only murder she actually shows Cust committing, portrays him committing, is the murder in the movie theater. That's the only one where we have a eyewitness and account. And he messed up. And he messed up. And he killed a guy whose name starts with an E. That's now, why he sells stockings. That's, and, and that's the thing. Cust can be placed at the site of all of the murders, but um, it's just, and it's, it's all just based on dramatic building. She's gathered all of these characters together to form this league. They, we get to know them to an insane degree uh, for absolutely no reason. So it's obviously like, yeah, they're the killers. That's my theory. Yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, that makes sense. Especially, like, obviously the one of the most portrayed of her books is Murder on the Orient Express. Right. And Spoilers for Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't seen the new movie. I've uh-huh. only seen the 70s one. They're all the killer. Right. Everybody on board the Orange yeah, Express besides Poirot and, and yeah. the I feel people. like y'all just ruined that for me. I'm sorry. Oh. Well, we said spoilers. Yeah, why well, didn't you cover your ears? I don't thought you already said it. I was just like, oh. Well, I'm you sorry. You spoiler before you reveal the, the, the thing. I know, but I thought you said it and oh. Anthony was like, spoiler alert. No, I, I did it before she did it to let you know a spoiler was coming. Mm. Yeah. That's how spoiler alerts work. I know, Lala just said that. Okay. <laughs> spoiler alert, Lala just said that. Um, so let's not give away the ending of many other Agatha Christie books okay, at this okay, point okay. because Elisa doesn't, doesn't know. I'm, I'm sure. going to read them all. <laughs> how many are there? A billion? Uh, 66. 66 Full novels billion. and even more short story things. Mm. Anyway, so that's my theory going into this. Um, I think once we come back from the break, when we go into the break, I think we should all just start reading from where I'm going to start reading. Yeah, yeah. That's and then come sense. back and we'll discuss the ending. I'm almost positive I'm right. Like, I don't see how this Poirot's big thing could be anything else. So we're going to go. We're going to read the rest of this book. Wait, uh, but do you think he was hired by everybody? I don't think he was. Hmm, that's I'm a good question. You, it's that Barnard lady. She kept, yeah. She wasn't even in town. No, but it makes sense. Like, uh, she is involved Well, the somehow. other thing is Cust is obviously... Um, Mentally deranged is yeah. the other thing. Cust is a deranged, so I don't know why they would hire him. Or maybe they manipulated him into committing possibly, the murders. Yeah, um, because he is a war veteran. He um, he's he's very he's just sort of a, like a strangers on the train sort, sort of, of thing. deal. But then why would it be multiple people? I'm interested yeah. to find out how how this goes because I am certain the family members are involved. Mary Drower, Thora Gray, Carmichael Clark's brother. So many people. Yeah. So it's so that's how you get caught. Exactly. It's too big of a conspiracy. I don't know. And that's the other thing was, or maybe it was just to cover, maybe the intended victim was only one of the people. Because that's the other thing. There's the other idea of that you do all of these killings to to cover up the fact that you're trying to kill one specific person. Oh, that yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because there was, the, uh, there was a whole deal with the candy killer man <laughs> who wanted to cover up the murder of his own child. By poisoning his Halloween candy, by giving out poison Halloween candy to, to the rest everybody. to everybody, yeah. and only his kid ended up dying, so he looked like a real idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there, there's that option, but I'm gonna go. They're all involved. I don't think they hired him to do it, 
but we'll see. We're going to read the rest of this book. We're going to come back. Uh, we're going to finish this ill-advised reading a book podcast out uh, with the conclusion of the ABC murders. We'll see you when we come back. Welcome back to the Usual People podcast about the ABC murders. And after reading the ending, all I can say is I wish we had watched Spice World instead. We're going to get to it. We're going to get to Spice World, but I think we should have... I would have been less dumb and angry after watching Spice World, I'm certain, (laughs) than after reading the ending of this book. (laughs) Dame Agatha... Shame on you. Shame on you, Dame Agatha, for Shame. this dumb nonsense. Shame. It's like, first of all, I threw out five theories before the end. One of them happened to be right, yeah. which was that it was a mur- these murders were set up to cover up one of the murders, uh-huh. to cover up the murder of Carmichael Clark. It turns out Alexander Bonaparte Cust didn't kill anybody. No, he was just manipulated and dumb. He was just manipulated. I don't understand how he could have manipulated to the extent that That he he, was. Yeah, like, even for him to believe he actually did do the murders. So what happened? Yeah, go ahead. Stick to his innocence. Yes. Uh, (laughs) But it said he wasn't very smart. He was, he's not very smart. He's not very. He had episodes. He did have episodes. But here's the thing. It's just, how does it work out so perfectly that it, every time... Here's what happened. The brother of Sir Carmichael Clark, the rich guy who got murdered, is the murderer. He committed all of the murders. He got the idea... He basically wanted to kill his brother to get his brother's money. That's why he killed him. He got the idea for this whole thing of sending letters to Poirot, uh, calling it the ABC murders, of setting on this whole thing, after he met Alexander Bonaparte Cust. In a restaurant or something, he noticed how pathetic and easily manipulated this man, and also that the man was epileptic. So there's a lot of uh, ableism yeah, in this. Also, like the, you know, he was talking about how the whole point of all of this was to inherit his brother's money. Yes, uh, and somebody who is just simply doing it for monetary gain yes. wouldn't be this organized. This is, like, no. sociopathic. Yeah. It's, the whole thing doesn't make any yeah, sense because I, he, he, he dreams up this whole scenario wherein... It was too complicated. Yes. He is going... First of all, he makes Cust believe he's working for a stocking wholesaler. He basically hires Cust... To be an imaginary, to work for an imaginary whole uh, stocking wholesaler company <laughs> that he has hired him for, so that he can fill his house with all this pantyhose. And hidden in one of the boxes of the pantyhose is a bunch of ABC railway guides that he would use to frame cuss for this. Okay, that's the first step of this plan. So he begins a murder spree where he picks somebody in Andover, and because he is Cust's fake boss, he is able to send Cust to all of the places where the murder is happening. So he kills Asher in Andover, 
He kills Betty Barnard in Bexhill on Sea. Now, what we forgot to mention is there was evidence to show that Cust could not have killed Betty Barnard because he wasn't where Barnard was murdered at the time. I forgot to mention that he in my thing. He wasn't a charmer. That was the other thing. Poirot oh. deduces that the only person who could have killed uh, Betty Barnard, because, as he said, she was strangled with her own belt. And so the th- M.O. was yeah. completely different. So things had to get real frisky a little. There had to be some sort of sexual playing going on that led to murder. And Cust is such a disgusting dweeb that no woman was ever going to let her play with her belt or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Her but scarf. Her scarf, whatever. Don't call it a belt. It's not a belt, it's a scarf. So he kills Barnard, and then... That leads to the sea murder, and that's who the that's who he wanted to kill the whole time. His brother Carmichael Clark. Now, in what had happened was Poirot didn't get a warning about this from a letter because the letter arrived to him late because the address was written wrong on it. And he did that on purpose. He did that on purpose to send Poirot. Um, and this is why he got Poirot, apparently why he got Poirot involved in the whole thing, because if he wrote a letter to Scotland Yard or to the newspapers, just putting what he was going to send it to wasn't going to, was going to ensure that it would get to there, even if he put the wrong address. But if Poirot has a private address, so that's why he sends the wrong thing on the murder he wants to commit the whole time, so he knows no one is going to be there to stop him. Yeah, and also it would have been too high profile. Yes. So... That leads to the D murder, and even then, Cust didn't kill anybody. Carmichael Clark's brother followed him into a movie theater, stabbed somebody with a knife. While he was leaving, he bumped into Cust to write blood on Cust's arm, dropped the knife into Cust's pocket. So Cust, at this point, realized, well, I'm an epileptic. I can do anything while I'm an epileptic seizure. I probably killed a bunch of people. I got a knife. Convinces himself he's the murderer, gets arrested, and that's how Carmichael Clark's brother planned to get away with the murder of his brother. To inherit money. To inherit money. And all the China. And all of his wonderful, wonderful China. This makes no goddamn sense at all. And, like... This they really insult that one woman. Thora, Thora Gray. Gray yeah. Her, they just keep saying, yeah, Thora Gray, you know you were She's a blood-sucking a, whore, right? Yeah, you're a gold digger, You're man. a gold digger this whole time. Yeah. Hey, stop insulting me. Now, why don't you just leave? Yeah, your second plan was ruined because now we're arresting the guy you figured yeah. you might marry. Yeah, you <laughs> tried to marry his brother. He killed him. Now you're going to try to marry him. Now, no one's going to get the inheritance. You're certainly not Thora Gray, you hussy. So... <laughs> God damn. I yeah. um, So I take back what I said about Agatha Christie in the beginning because the language in the beginning of the book is a lot smoother and the dialogue, it's just oh, yeah. natural. She, she wrote At this ending end, in an afternoon. This Yeah, this ending was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. This ending was written like I could feel. So basically, here here's the thing. I'm going to read a part of it. So... Poirot has laid this whole plan out to uh, Clark, Franklin Clark, Carmichael Clark's brother. Uh, he's explained the whole thing. He said, we got you by the balls, man. You're not going to be able to get out. After Immediately after he tells him all this, this is uh, Franklin Clark's response. Rogue, impair, monk. You win, M. Poirot, but it was worth trying. And then he pulls out a gun and tries to shoot himself. 
But they took out the bullets yes, before. Because Poirot had hired, because Poirot knew this was going to happen, so he hired a new footman who was a sneaky thief who was able to take his Clark's gun out of his pocket, take out all of the bullets without him noticing at all, put the empty gun back to make sure he wasn't able to blow his brains out in Poirot's living room because Poirot knew exactly that's what was going to happen. That could happen. It did happen, apparently. It's what actually happened. That Poirot guy is pretty smart. This has turned me off reading. I don't want to read ever again. What about you guys? I'll um, read again. I'm reading. I won't again. read another Agatha Christie book. I, yeah. I don't. Um, I didn't like the book, and I was forcing myself to read it mm-hmm. uh, all the two days that I attempted to read it. And obviously, I didn't make it through. <laughs> but I didn't like it. Like there was nothing interesting. I was like, I know somebody died, but there was nothing else. I like to know a little bit more about people. That's the thing. Christie is, yeah, she's, that's what, that's her strength as a writer and her weakness as a writer. It's so straight ahead. It's just focused on going, going, going. There's no luxuriating. Yeah, and I like, I like to see characters change and get developed throughout mm -hmm. the whole thing. That's Mm -hmm. not what happens here. No, and I think that's why. I was just like, okay, there's these characters, but who cares? Yeah, Poirot never changes over the course of 15 or 20 books that he's in. He's the same guy at the end of everything. Yeah. And he's almost infallible when it comes to his detective work. But now I want to bring up, based off of reading, there was a big piece of just complete and total motherfuckery that I committed on both of you what do you years mean? ago. Boy, and it has on. to do with a book. And that book was called Stephen The Once King's and it. Future King. Now, do you remember how in 10th or 12th grade... We had to read The Once and Future King. I have the book. Uh-huh. And then take a test on and it. And then Lala yeah. gave me the other thing. Now, I don't know uh, why you don't remember this, because if a friend had betrayed me in the way that I had betrayed you, I would remember it forever. But I never actually read The Once and Future King. I believe y'all. And or you. Not y'all, but there's... I told you guys that I hadn't read it, and you guys had already taken the test. And you guys gave me the answer to the <laughs> I test. I remember that. But your provision was I had to get a lower grade than both of you. That was the condition. Well, I got a 90. Yeah. So I had <laughs> I to get an 80. Got like a you one. both got 90s. So I had to get an 80. <laughs> that was the thing you said I had to do. And you would give me the answers. And then what did I do? You got a 100. I got a 100. <laughs> between what we both said. Yes, between... What well, we both said. You know well, what? that's the, not the worst thing for no, her. No, like, okay, so she's you told that, me this constantly. And then, like, same class, you had to read the books, and I read all the summer books. I, I read a lot of the. I, I left the book at home mm-hmm. or at school during a break, and I bought the Odyssey. Yeah. And it was the wrong version, and I read way more than I needed to. Yeah. Like, I was always reading these books, and I can't comprehend. <laughs> like, it kills me. And so when we, I took these tests, I would fail them or get C's. And then stupid Lala, stupid Anthony would come in, and they would go, oh, I didn't read it. And they always, you always got better grades than me. <laughs> it pisses me off. Well, no. Yeah, because I didn't finish. 
Spanish uh, 1984 was when I got halfway through. I was like, I can guess where this is going. <laughs> yeah. Guess the rest of the. This is going to end with a guy wearing a cage with a mat I with a rat. I don't on his face. even think like I really understood what was going on there because the movie had just come out and you mm-hmm. see the trailers. No, actually, no, it wasn't even the, the movie. movie. No, that movie came out there in 1984. Was, there was a movie uh, oh, with Uma the, Thurman. I think it was Uma Thurman. And then a guy who wore a bowler hat. The Adventures of Baron Munchausen? No, the Avengers. The Avengers. Okay. So when I was reading 1984... You got it confused with the Avengers? No. I imagined the characters to look like that. Oh, okay. And I started making up these random stories to go with the book that I was reading. And I don't remember anything from it except Big Brother. (laughs) Yes. He's watching you. So Poor Uma Thurman. What do you mean, poor Uma Thurman? Oh, because of what happened, because of what Quentin Tarantino and the Weinsteins did to her. No, in the book, 1980. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes. That, but that, that also poor Uma, too, yeah. poor Uma Thurman for what you. my mind did to her, but then poor Uma Thurman for what Quentin yeah. Tarantino and the Weinsteins did to her. And nobody's head should ever be put in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Nobody should ever be put in a cage. So I just wanted to bring that With up. With a rat. But yeah, you got upset because what did you get on that one? Nineteen eighty. There was a lot that I failed. <laughs> yeah, and you were like, "What did you get?" And I was like, "I got an A." And so even with that context, what I the shit I pulled was even bigger assholery. Because I didn't get, you, I didn't get answers from anybody. Yeah, you read the book. Did you read the book or did you not read the book? The Once and Future King. Yes. Yeah, I read the book. Okay. For some reason, I couldn't get. I, I only got up it. to page one hundred, and I was like, "I don't care about any of this." I threw it down. I was. This was a point where I was just like, it was like towards the end of the year. It's just like I failed this. It doesn't matter. But I bring it up to you guys. You offered to help. You gave me strict conditions. Yeah. And I just said no. But we didn't even know you had talked to either of us. Did that? Is that how that happened? I didn't I don't... know that you had talked to Lisa <laughs> till just now. Ooh, that's. <laughs> You weren't aware of the double cross? No. Like double double cross yeah. I pulled on you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Man, was I really that sneaky? Did I like get half the answers from you and then go, hmm, Elisa, what do you think the answers were? I never read The Secret Garden. <laughs> Are you bringing that up just because I called your backyard The Secret Garden? No. I oh. read Island of the Blue Dolphin, but oh. I, I didn't. <laughs> what? I'm thinking back to fourth grade. I'm like going back, you guys. <laughs> Fourth grade, I had to read Island and the Blue Dolphin. Yeah. And I I think I read it. But like I said, I can't comprehend what I'm reading. Yeah. And, um... This whole thing was a complete disaster from beginning to end. This whole episode. Like, it's not a big manic disaster like the Yahtzee episode was. uh This was, in its very foundations, a bad idea. Because we don't read reading yeah. now. Like I can comprehend, and I I read books now, and yeah. I'm I, I I enjoy it. This episode, I brought, I brought up the idea of us just doing a series of failed pilots, but this is the one most like a failed pilot. <laughs> like we never just like we set out to do a book Let's podcast, and none of us read. <laughs> Yeah, we're really bad at reading. We've all got our own issues. We choose an author that we're all bleh about and don't really care enough. Or just didn't even care enough before (laughs) this to read her. And this dog is tinkling like crazy right now. (laughs) Jesus, this whole... This was a bad idea. No, it was good. Oh, yeah. Thank you for insisting on that. Uh, Oh, no. It was good. I I think the... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to bring up the side note about why I didn't read this. Why didn't you read it? Because I planned to read it on Saturday, the day before recording. 
and uh, we got busy. We got busy. The only good thing that came out of all of this is that you bought an old copy of the ABC Murders, and it smells good. It smells like an old library. It smells like an old library. It's a very comforting smell. That's literally the only good thing that happened out of this. I was, it does smell like a library. It does smell like it a library. Like We're all taking books, actually. Yeah. Mm. It, it smells like people's dirty smell. fingers. Do you want to smell it, Dave? Yes. You like to smell things. Yeah, smell <laughs> smell this book, Dave. And then in the description, we'll put Dave smells a book, and that's what you did this episode. <laughs> you don't understand, people. Dave left <laughs> during this first half. He was so disinterested in our rambling, he just took off and was just doing other things. It's just like, I don't need to be here for this bullshit. Well, specifically, he opened a bottle he of wine for us. He had to pour <laughs> and so, you didn't you you didn't read the book at all, did you, Dave? No, <laughs> you didn't even try to take part in this. Yeah, it got crazy at work. You, you know, uh, with all the tenth uh, grade uh, or senior year quizzes that we had to take for mm-hmm. English, and um, my you know traumatizing stories with books throughout my life, like. I'm not good at reading books. And then David was really into that book. Was it Naked Lunch? Yes. And that mo- that book is very confusing. And that just kind of destroyed me reading for a long time. I remember back in high school, he was really into Naked Lunch. He specifically stopped me one day and made me read a paragraph about somebody getting their ass eaten out. <laughs> what? I thought he'd be interested in it. <laughs> Seem like something you might enjoy. Yeah, you just seem to be just like, hmm, this is a very good description of someone's ass getting eaten out. Anthony would be very interested in this. I remember watching the movie, and uh, you know I was like, what? this is so bad. I never knew this about you, uh, and now it makes sense. Like, you stopped and looked at all my books in my apartment one time, and you picked up Naked Lunch, and you're just like looking at it, and I was like, why would he pick up just Naked Lunch? <laughs> he was like, really of into all that book. the books there. And he just bragged. <laughs> About memories, because I mean, I read it as maybe like a fifteen-year-old, and yeah. I couldn't comprehend or understand everything that that went. Except on. the yeah. ass-eating, apparently. Well, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I can I can get what that's all yeah. about. My friends need to know all about this. I tried to read Breakfast of Champions, and all I could see was Bruce Willis. Because of the movie, I read that. It's a yeah. confusing book. So I, I haven't read that, and I haven't seen the movie. Books not being, but I do movies. like Vonnegut. I just love how we're just talking about how we don't comprehend any of the books we've read. That's all we've been talking <laughs> or about. Or how I don't read certain things. How we don't read certain things. Oh. <laughs> do you, you know what, Anthony? One time I felt really good about uh, The Bridge to Terab... Terabithia? Yes, but I say Bithia because uh-huh. that's the way I read it originally. Uh, yeah. And we had this whole conversation about the ending. Spoiler alert. <laughs> For Bridge to Terabithia. And uh, we're going over it, and the teacher's asking questions. I didn't say anything, because I'm a terrible comprehender Mm -hmm. of words. Is that even how you say it? But anyways. (laughs) What? Comprehender or of of words? words. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. But anyways, the the teacher, Gallagher, she was uh, talking about the ending, and I didn't say anything, because I was shy. And then at the end, I was like, that's not how I thought it ended. And I told you, and you're like, you should have said that. That's actually better. Uh. Do you remember that? We did not read The Bridge to Terabithia in uh, Miss Gallagher's class. What the hell book am I talking about? Where the kids die. A separate piece? No, no that was Levinson. That was Levinson. Oh. <laughs> I didn't have Gallagher, so. Where it the kids die. It was Gallagher. 
What else happens the in this book? Now die. I need to figure this out. Well, one of them dies, and then there's a deer at the end, and I was like, oh, it's her soul. And I don't really remember anything about this book. But <laughs> I just remember that conversation, and I was like... I don't think this happened in the class we no, were in together. No, it did, because this is one of those traumatic <laughs> events in my life where I could have... <laughs> said something great and everybody had stood up and cheered and <laughs> <laughs> we would all stood on our desk yes! like in dead poet oh, society yes! my captain my not like that more like at the end of um, no not like that like more like at the end of uh, teen wolf <laughs> where everybody's so it excited. wasn't even a highfalutin wish it was teen wolf level adoration well like because he won the game with Spoilers for Teen Wolf. There's spoilers for uh, ABC Murders. murders. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express, The Bridge to Terabithia, possibly, <laughs> and Teen Wolf. Yeah. Warning. Warning. You'll know that. Anyways, yeah, that's, that's, uh, when you brought up uh, English class, I remembered that. And I, was like, and oh, I don't shit. remember that happening I at all. I could have had that moment. And I didn't. Well, this whole episode has been about missed opportunities, drop balls. Has it been? No. This episode's just been about how dumb we are. <laughs> We're fucking idiots, Obviously, guys. Obviously, I'm the dumb one. Y'all got higher grades than I did. <laughs> I and read so hard, you guys. Do y'all remember yeah. history? Yeah. yeah. I spent like four hours taking those notes. And y'all would just do it in the morning. I hated y'all. That was the dumbest. The way... I want to end this episode, but I also want to explain this dumb thing that our history teacher, AP history teacher, did us do. That convinced the English teachers to do it. Oh, God. Which was that whenever she assigned a chapter in the history book, we had to summarize each paragraph of the chapter in a sentence. Yeah. And it was the most time-consuming. It was so tedious. Because basically she was trying to do what you and me, Lala, would always do, which was half-read it and then make up the rest while we went. Yeah. And it was just... I used to do it uh, before the class. class in my health class. She was particularly hard on me about that because she knew every presentation I ever did, I didn't write anything down and I just said off the top of my head. <laughs> and she knew, she's just like, you're just going to make this up, aren't you? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> and, well, and she was the inspiration for that graduation speech I did. Really? Because I wrote a graduation you speech. You did. And before I went up, or before we all went to go sit down, she came up to me and goes, so you're doing a speech, huh? And he goes, yeah, you're not going to just make it up as you go, are you? And I go, that's a good idea. <laughs> hey, maybe I will. Because the speech I wrote was terrible. And then I just got up and just started mentioning all the weird shit that happened at school. And everybody got up and went... It was like the ending of Teen Wolf. traumatized about it but I'm pro- I'm pretty sure I'm like the least memorable person ever in high school. No way. Mm-hmm. You dressed up like Charlie Chaplin. You were you were you were very you were very quiet. I'll yeah, say that. Yeah. You were visually very memorable, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like if we hadn't been friends, I think I would have still just remembered how you dressed and looked in school. And it's just like, "Oh, that's that quiet girl with all that jewelry on." With all that jewelry on and those weird pants. <laughs> I did wear a lot of plaid pants. Yes. 
<laughs> oh, high school. We loved it. All right. I think we're going to end it there, guys. We uh, we spoiled the ending of Teen Wolf twice. Uh, we read uh, what ultimately There's turned out to be... a penis at the end. There's a what? A penis. In Teen Wolf. Yeah. When you know you... in the end when everybody claps up in there because he won the basketball yeah. game? Yeah. Yeah, if you look at the the background, some guy stands up and his penis is out. <laughs> I never knew and that. It, like nobody like realized. Wait, it are until... you the only one who who'd seen this penis, or is this common I, knowledge? It's common knowledge because okay. I read about it and I went back and I was like, "Holy crap!" Well, now that it's out, they probably have blurred like, it blurred or something. It or... But still, again. Penis spoiler for Teen Wolf. There's a penis at the end. Just like they fixed the cover of the Little Mermaid castle. Yeah, to take but this is a real person's penis. <laughs> this was like a super intentional cartoon penis. I know. <laughs> yeah. What is worse? Not catching the... Uh, no, we're not going to have that discussion. We're going to end <laughs> this episode right now. Thank you for listening to this. We're never, I promise you, we are never going to read a book on this podcast again. You have my guarantee. This was a one-time thing. We're never, one thing, things we'll never do again. We're never going to watch Fox News again. We're never going to watch news again, for one. And we're never going to read a book. You know, those two things that make people smart. We're not going to do those two things ever again. Well, I just want to make one book recommendation. Okay. The Brief and Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow by Juno Diaz. It's just a fucking delightful book, and it's so sad. <laughs> Do you have a book recommendation, Elisa? Uh, the Bridge to Terabithia? No. Teen Wolf, the novelization? There's a no. novel. Oh, there's a novelization of all the really books. There's a book that I really liked. I'm looking at David because my memory is terrible. You know what? Yeah. Let's just end with Laws because there's no way either of our books is going to be as good as whatever she do said. Do I tell people to read anything? We never, I never do. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We'll be, as you already know, our next episode is going to be Spice World. I guarantee you we'll have more things to say about Spice World Spice than we alive. do about literature. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, goodbye from me. Goodbye from Bye me. Goodbye from me. Bye. 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 Oh, wait, before we go, we completely always completely forgot, forget to do this. But please listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, like, subscribe, uh, leave a uh, review. Um, please check us out on all of those sites. Check out our Facebook page, uh, Usual People Podcast. Check us out on Twitter, at Usual People Podcast. Um, were there any other things they could check us out on, Lala? Instagram, Facebook. But uh, for listeners on Google Play... It had been broken for a really long time. I finally fixed it. It's back on Google Play now. So you can and, listen to it on Google Play, actually. And <laughs> yes. if you're lucky enough, you could go to Hogwild Records and possibly get a button. Oh, yeah. We have a button. Hogwild Records in San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. We've thrown out the whole Toronto thing. Yes. <laughs> Canada said we had to stop. We stopped. You can go to Hogwild Records. We live in San Antonio. The secret is out. Okay, we live in an unimportant city. Fine, whatever. You can go to Hogwild Records. You can get our stickers. You can get our buttons there. Uh, check and it out. Free. And they're free. So check that out too. Um, we'll, we're gonna do better next time. I'm sorry, guys. Goodbye. <laughs>